Welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy you are joining me today. Live show. This is a live show. You might be hearing this on Monday nights, so and it's not live for you. But if you're listening to Thursday morning, 11 a.m., this is November 10th. November 10th, Thursday morning, a little bit after Election Day, and I'm hearing myself on an echo, and I'm going to turn this off. There we go. Okay. Now, okay, so what are we doing here today? What we are going to do today, and what we always do, is as follows. For those of you who are new listeners, what we do is we try to learn and to develop new skills and tools to renew and to strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse, with your husband, with your wife. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. What a week. Wow, what a week. Wow, what a week. I mean, this has been like a roller coaster week. This has been an election week. This has been a, such a roller coaster, such a wild week. Nobody knew what to expect. The pollsters, the pundits, and everybody was saying that it's going to happen a certain way, and then it completely turned around. I just want to tell you something. Um, and, and, and Yes, I know. I know. It, it's really not the best idea to stay up late at night because then it kills your whole next day. But for whatever reason it is, I, 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 you know what? I couldn't control myself. I just had to hear what was going on with the elections. So I'm listening to see what's going on. It was late. It was late. But I'm like, I, I, it's, just, it's just unbelievable because everybody was saying that the, that the vote's going to go one way. All the, the pollsters, the pundits, the, they were all saying it's going one way. And there was a complete turnaround. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. Is this really happening? But what do you mean? Everybody predicted it was going to work the other way. How, how did it happen that it turned around? And I'm listening to like people talk about this. And, and, and I'm listening to the radio and whatnot. And people are saying, they're pundits saying, well, you know why people, are vo- people actually voted for Trump? The reason, even though the pollster states it's going to work the other way around, because it's anti-establishment, or because they're looking for jobs, and everybody's got their own little explanation of why it is happening. And I'm honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I was feeding into this. I was really feeding into this. Meaning I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, I guess that's the reason. Yeah, that's the reason, because it doesn't make sense to me either. Just al pisvara, as they say, it wasn't supposed to happen. It was a complete turnaround. It was a shock to the whole world. So it's like, how did it happen? I'm just like, I'm trying to understand how it happened. Mr. Shaman will be a good thing, but you know what? How did it happen? And it bothers you. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I, I sort of left what I was listening to, and I'm like, okay, I went to get a drink or something. And then it sort of hit me. What is my problem? <laughs> what is my problem? This has nothing to do with anyone. Who's in charge? Like, hello. It, it's so funny because. You know, Baruch Hashem, we have Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, we have Shabbos because it really like Shabbos is an opportunity for us to reconnect to Kaddish Baruch Hu and to realize that what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge. That's why Shabbos is like so important because it's constant recharge for us. Kaddish Baruch Hu made the world in six days. And we do the same thing to us to understand it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's Hashem. No, it's not. It's the people and they elected, and this one needed a job, this one wanted to build a wall, and this one never, 
you know what? No, 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 you're not getting it. It's rabbis, machshavos, belevish. Anything can change. Anything can change. Do you hear me? This is a show about marriage. Oh, this is a show about. And I'm telling you that if your marriage is not in a good place, I am telling you, it can change for the good. If your marriage is in a good place, but, and, and, but you like it better, you like your marriage, your, relation, your relationship, you want it to go to the next level, I'm telling you, I don't care how long you marry, it can change. It can change. No question about it, you, it requires a shtadlas. And definitely, 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 you, you're going to have to implement skills and tools. But I'm telling you, and I'm one to say, I mean, again, I'm not chasvashalm, it's full siyat deshmai what I do. But I'm one to say because I'm working with couples. I, I just want to tell you this. It's all siyat deshmaya. It's siyat deshmaya meaning, number one, number one, don't stop davening for your relationship. Don't stop. And, and, and if you daven, you feel it hasn't gone anywhere, I'm telling you, don't stop davening for your relationship. Your relationship can turn around if it's not a good place. It could get to the next level and higher and higher and higher. Just daven for your relationship. And after you daven, that's when you make your shadlas. That's when you implement the skills, the tools, the mavater, the connection, the appreciation, the affection, the attention, everything that we speak about. You implement that. Now, even if you do that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna, it, it's all going to work out because if a Kodesh Baruch wants to give us challenges, as they say, to any marriage. I've seen marriages, like I, I sit there and I'm like, wow, this couple has so many challenges. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how many challenges they have. So it's really all up to Kodesh Baruch And, and I'm, I'm saying this like sort of like, you know, uh, piggybacking on what just happened in the elections because it's like, Nobody expected, no one, no one, no one. You hear the people before, they were talking, the pollsters, they say even in the Republican camp, they thought it would have to be a miracle. And it happened. So you know what? I'm saying, you know, we get swept away. Like here we are, like two weeks ago, whatnot. We're holding Sefer Torah, we're like, we realize it's all Hashem. And then we leave, we go back to normal life, and it's like, no, no, it's not Hashem. And even worse, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's her fault. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? We're blaming each other. It's horrible. Really, really horrible. I, I want to share something interesting I just saw the other day. I think you'll all enjoy this. <laughs> I really think you'll all enjoy this piece. I, I'm in shul. I know it was Meir of Mincha. In any case, I, I, this Hasidic man comes inside. And um, I don't know why. I, you know, he was determined to do something. I wasn't sure what he's about to do, but I saw he was determined. And I'm like nervous. I don't know what this guy's going to do. And he comes into shul, and he's like very determined, and he goes around the tables, and, and literally, I couldn't believe this, you know, people, especially now, because it's getting cold, people blow their nose, and they leave the tissues on the table. Now, it, it's quite inappropriate, and I'm not here to blame, like we're talking about not blaming, and we most definitely have to be down the couch, close people who do this, but uh, it, it's inappropriate. It, it's, you know, it's not what should be done. Okay, fine, but that's not the point. The point is, this individual, went around the tables, the big shul, looking, he wasn't a shamish, he wasn't a gabai, he wasn't anything, and he's looking around the shul, table to table, to see if people left their tissues, their used tissues, let mind you, on the table. And he goes around, and he picks up the tissues, one after the other, and he throws them in the garbage. That's what he was motivated to do. Wow, wow, mikam chayisrael. I'm like, wow, wow, can you imagine? I know, I don't know, maybe you're not shocked. I, I, I'm just shocked listening to Listening. I'm listening to myself talk about this because I'm like, what? How? People do this? They go around shuls just to like, just 
man's determined to pick up the used tissues on the tables to throw them in the garbage in order to make the Beis HaKnesses beautiful? Wow. Wow, Mikam Yisrael. Wow. Such a holy nation. So, so, aren't you feel good to be part of Yidin like that? Feel good to be part of B'nai Yisrael? Here's another one. Today, <laughs> today, today's Thursday. I don't know if you're listening to this on Monday. But even if you're listening to this on Monday, men, gentlemen, you know that laning, Kriyasa Taira, is when Monday and Thursday. Shabbos, of course. So this morning, I'm in shul, and again, I couldn't believe, my, I couldn't believe what I'm saying. Right before the aliyahs, they're selling the aliyahs. So the aliyot, for those, you know, those you aspire to, the aliyot, the aliyahs, and, uh, and people are bidding. Normal thing, people are bidding. But, you know, it's, it's a Thursday morning. We're not talking about people are building, building, bidding hundreds of dollars. And, you know, it starts at $5, it goes to 10 it goes to this, it goes to that. So this one, one guy's there, and he's, he's bidding on Elias. You know, he's, it becomes like a bidding war between one and the other, like bidding each other. So it went up to whatever, it went up to $20, let's say, okay? And uh, the other person's bidding 10 15 18 then he gets up to 20 And after the person who wins is $20, the other individual who bid like 18 after creates a tire, he calls over the guy, he says, can you come here a second? And he pulls out $20 from his wallet. And the guy says to him, excuse me, you didn't win. You didn't even get the aliyahs. Why, why are you doing this? Because I wanted to give to the shul. Since I wanted to give the shul, so I want to give. I want to give the shul anyways. I had in mind to give the shul, even though he doesn't really have to. Clearly, he doesn't have to. But in his mind, at the time, he wanted to give the shul $18. So you know what? After the aliyahs, even though he's completely not obligated, then to you. This is, this is the nation that we're at. Let me tell you why I'm, I'm bringing this up. Let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. Okay. I'm thinking how to introduce this. So I hope you're listening to me today. By the way, thank you for waiting. And thank you for listening. And thank you for participating today in Ray Mahuvim. This is a very important class. Like this. Um, you know, in Mirza Hashem, you know, the elections are over. Vote for this one. Vote for that one. The president-elect will be an amazing president and it will all work out and everyone, everyone will benefit. Everyone, the Yidin, not Yidin, everybody will benefit and it should all work out in Mitzvah Shem. Mitzvah Shem, we hope it does. Of course it's in the hands of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Of course it's in the hands of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'm just, again, we have to remember something. You know, we have to remember very important. And that's as follows. And that's why I told you the story of the tissues, and I told you the story of this. We're Gai Kadosh. We're a holy nation. You know, we're supposed to... Our mission in this world, Rabbi Isai, is what? Our mission in this world is to be a role model. We're supposed to be a role model for everyone. So sometimes we could get involved with elections. I'm not saying, you know, getting involved with elections. Okay, it's very important. It's... it's you know, everybody used to say it's very important to vote. It's very, very important to vote. But we have to create boundaries. We have to realize that we are still a role model. We're still a Goy Kadosh. We have to be careful not to get intertwined, meaning especially, especially, and I'm not, you know, this is not a politics show. I'm not saying this one and that one. Whoever you voted for, Baruch Hashem, beautiful. It's great. It's, the fact that you went to vote is amazing. But don't get intertwined, don't get entangled in the negativity, don't get entangled in the middle path. 
Don't get entangled in, 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 in all, all the slush and all the schmutz. Don't get entangled in it. We have to remember, we're a guy kadosh. We have people picking up tissues that put in the garbage. We have people giving money for aliyahs. We have gemachim that are unbelievable. We're a role model. Don't get intertwined. Don't repeat these things. Don't talk like this. We have to be very, very careful, very, very careful. This is not a knock. I'm not knocking what's going on there. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying we are a guy kadosh. We're, we're supposed to be kadoshim. I'm not, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a normal human being. I'm some sort of big rabbi. I'm a normal human being like, like the rest of you. But what I'm telling you right now, Rabbi Sai, ladies and gentlemen, be very, very, very careful not to integrate negativity that you've heard into, number one, into your conversation, number two, into your lexicon, and especially, 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 hopefully it won't happen, but nivel peh, we have to be very careful with nivel peh. Again, I don't want to sound like some sort of like, whoa, the rabbi, oh, he's getting all religious on me. No, no, no. We're good kadosh. And when I'm talking about, I'm talking about in general, and of course I'm talking about your marriage. Of course I'm talking about your marriage. You know? I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. The Torah many times goes out of its way in order to use clean speech. To teach us a lesson that, that the importance of the purity of one's tongue. A person should not let a vile expression exit his mouth. We should not be letting, allowing ourselves to, to say things which are inappropriate. Nivel pet is, 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 is a big, 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 big issue. The Gemara states that, that everybody knows, you know, the chasana people know, whatever. But anybody who fouls his mouth to speak about, you know, not inappropriate things. But what do you mean? I'm just saying the way it is. I'm just being open about it. It's open communication. No, no, no. You know what the Gemara says? This is crazy. Yeah. I, I'm quoting you a Gemara. I believe this Gemara is in Shabbos. You can text me later on. That what? It says that, that, that any... I'm even afraid to say this, honestly, ladies and gentlemen. And again, it's a Gemara... You know, I'm not saying every time a person does it, it happens. But it says that a person will lose any good decree that a Kaddish Baruch Hu had in store for him. And that, de- that decree will be turned into, into a harsh decree. It's a Gemara and Shabbos. We have to be careful with the way we speak in general. But this is not a show. This is not a Muslim show. I'm talking really in general, but especially in your marriage. Especially, especially in your marriage. But what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? You know how much my wife upsets me? You know how much my husband upsets me? There's a time I'm just, I let loose. I just got to let loose. I'm done. I'm done. I'm so sick of being attacked and blamed and criticized all the time. So what, I'm not going to answer back? Yeah, I do get upset. I do lash out. I do have to release myself every once in a while. First of all, if you've done this in in the past and you release yourself by, number one, attacking and going crazy and completely blowing a gasket, but not to mention using the vilpet and vile language, I I, want to tell you, don't feel like, oh, I've done it already. Let's work on ourselves. Make mistakes, people make mistakes. Let's work on ourselves. But nivel heft should be unacceptable in your marriage. Unacceptable in your marriage. You hear me? Unacceptable. You know, it, it happens. It happens sometimes in my office. People do this. I, I can't always tell them because I know at that time, if I say anything, they have their heads on. But I'll generally tell them, yeah, it, it, it's acceptable. Unacceptable. Either way. And I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm just saying it's unacceptable in a marriage, the relationship. Kedushin is kadosh. It's holy. That's what it has to be. 
You know, I speak about skills and tools, but at the end of the day, it's Kedusha. It's the same Kedusha. It's an elevated Kedusha. The relationship you have with your wife is compared to the relationship we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. For you to say vile language, to use disgusting, vile words, it, it, it's, it's mamish like, I don't want to tell you, it's like someone who, 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 you know, someone gives you a delicious steak and, and you just like, you step on it. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Please, stop. Stop, just stop. Again, I know I'm being very strong with this and I understand that people sometimes have to release. And for those of you who do this all the time, oh, please just work on yourselves. Seriously, work on yourselves. First of all, it, it's completely against what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. And it creates, it, it creates a whole different dichotomy in the house, number one. Number two, it could really damage a relationship. It could really damage a relationship. Even if you're not using the vile language towards your spouse, but the fact that you're frustrated and then you use that language, it, it's a bomb. It's not an atom bomb necessarily. Wait, what do you mean? Repeat for that? If you're not saying it towards your wife and just releasing, it's not always an atom bomb. But you know what? Sometimes it could be even an atom bomb. It's a bomb. And don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you. Listen to me now. Listen to me. I'm just telling you the repercussions. The repercussions are going to be grave. It's going to create a tremendous distance between you and your spouse. <clears throat> now, fixing that problem, which was a small, silly, stupid issue, right? You always hear this. Oh, we fight all these silly, silly issues. Well, these silly issues become very, very big issues. Why? Because they're very much related to attachment issues. And basically what it means is that you don't care about me, you don't love me, I can't depend on you, etc., etc., etc. I hate your guts. You know what hate your guts means? Hate your guts means that I had external expectations of you. I give my life and everything for you. And the way you're acting to me is I feel couple type. I feel you don't care about me. I feel I can't trust you. And I don't even know why you know, I'm even married to you. That's what people say sometimes. But you know what could cause even more damage is to use Mizzletown. This, it's just very dangerous. It's very dangerous. So I, I had to mention that. And, and while I'm talking about Mizzletown, I, I, I just want to say something else. And that is, you know why Mizzletown happens in a marriage? You know why people start doing it? And those of you who are listening to me right now, by the way, and you use Mizzletown in your marriage, I can almost guarantee you that your brain is thinking right now, Rabbi Greenfield, stop making such a big deal out of it. There are worse things in life, and it's not that bad. That's normal. <laughs> it's very normal. Cognitive dissonance is very normal. And I understand how your brain is doing that. I'm not telling you you're terrible people. I didn't say that. I'm not, this is not one of these schmoozing, you're a terrible Russian. It's not about. I'm just telling you the repercussions. It takes Kedusha, and it turns into Tumah. It takes a relationship that's sort of okay, and it puts a lot of distance. It puts a lot of distance, especially if Pastor Shalom you direct it directly to your husband or to your wife. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And I'm also saying that I know why you do it. I'm not blaming you. I'm not here to blame you. This is not, and this is so, why, you know why I'm talking like this? Because these types of conversations could happen in your marriage. So I'm not here to blame you for using the path. I'm sure there's, there was a reason that you did it. I'm not saying good. I'm sure there's a reason that you did it. It's not our role in our marriage, and I feel like my role with you is not to judge. We're not here to judge. That's a Kaddish Baruch department. But you know what we're here? We're here tachlis. Tachlis. You're wrecking your marriage. You're wrecking it. You're wrecking it. As far as Einshim and stuff like that, you could speak to your Rav about that. But here, I'm here to tell you that you're wrecking your marriage. Every time you use Nibble Pet, you're wrecking your marriage. Oh, you're wrecking your marriage. You know my husband. Stop. 
My wife doesn't stop. Well, how do you feel about it? You know, you're first to know about this. You know why people do this? People do this because they give themselves permission in a certain subconscious psychological way to act this way because they feel that at the time, at the time, you feel, you know, this is, it's justified of me even because the way the person is acting to me, I should do even worse. Cursing? Cursing is nothing. I, you know what I should really do to this person? You know how much Tsar and Nefesh? I should put them through the Tsar and Nefesh that they put through me through too. That, that's what should happen. I should, I should get that the same way. This type of thought is completely 100%, 1,000%, the Yitzhahara, the Sabbath. No question about it. Oh, but you should know what my wife does to me. She really makes me crazy. Okay, you're right. You're right. She makes you crazy. You're right. She drives you nuts. You're right. You can't stand it anymore. A hundred percent. It's a problem. And I'm not justifying it. It's horrible what's going on in your house. It's horrible. It's horrible what's going on in your house. But you know what? When you act the same way you feel she's acting, or when you go to a situation where you're going to use vile language, or when you are going to Chas Shalom, take the comma and say to her, you know what, I'm going to let you feel the way you I am now going to let you feel the way I feel. I'm going to give you a, a little taste of what you give me. Just a little while. Do it for one day so you get it. Then you, maybe that will shake you up. That is the biggest misnomer out there because it doesn't shake anybody up. You know what it does? It shakes up the marriage. It creates distance between the spouses. And if you have children, it really affects your children in a negative, negative, negative manner. So when Jen, I, I'm really mostly speaking to the men over here, though the truth of the matter is I've seen women act this way as well. And that is what? When, if, when you get into a mindset, when you get into a mindset where you feel like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to give him a taste of his own medicine. I am going to give her a taste. I am going to just Say what I want. I am going to use nivel pair. I am going to run away from the house. I am going to act crazy because she's acting crazy, so I'm going to act crazy. I'm, I'm, she could scream. I'm going to scream also. I could scream even louder. Let's see what happens. Oh, who wins, right? Generally more a male problem than a female problem, but it works both ways. I'm telling you right now. I'm not saying you're a bad person. You could speak to your rub whether you're bad or you're good. I'm not going there. I'm telling you it's destructive because you're, you're gonna end up suffering at the end. You're gonna feel good for that moment, but I could guarantee you, this is not even a maybe, I can guarantee you that it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Your tough guy attitude, whether it's nibble pet, whether it's revenge, whether I'm gonna give you a piece of your own medicine, whether I'm gonna stonewall and ignore you now for three days, I'm gonna run away from home, I'm gonna take, the, whatever I'm gonna do from you. And again, people listen to you, please don't get upset. I understand that people do this. I understand why people do this. And I'm not judging you. All I'm telling you is that it doesn't work. It all only creates more destruction in the house. Let's move on. Okay. Someone sent me something really beautiful, and I, I want to share this with you. Uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it verbatim. It's really written by Rav Mordechai Kamenetsky, and I think this is a beautiful, beautiful piece that inspired me, and I hope it will inspire you as well. I quote, Adam heard the curse bestowed upon himself, his wife, and humanity for eternity. His immediate reaction was not to scorn or to criticize. 
He named his wife Chava, derived from the word life. He viewed the woman who he had once blamed for his downfall with a different perspective. He saw only the eve of life and thus named her so. After tragedy and defeat, there is enough blame to share and to spread. Adam, Harishon, picked up the pieces and cherished the beauty of what was left. He did not see himself on the eve of destruction. He saw himself standing at the dawn of life, and he appreciated that life dearly by Rav Mordechai Kamis. How beautiful. Because that wasn't his initial reaction, right? Eitzadaz <laughs> blamed his wife, right? But after he heard the curse, it was a complete turnaround. No more blame. No more blame. He called her Chava. Can you imagine how beautiful that is? Such a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. And I want to say something. Many times in our relationships, we feel we want to blame. We want to blame. We want to blame my wife. We want to blame my husband. And why did you do this? And I asked you to leave me money. And, I, and how come you didn't come on time? And you don't know me with the kids. And of course the kids, whatever. And the blame doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I, I understand. It's very natural. But you know what? Turn the blame around. Like other relationships, turn it around. Turn it around. Don't blame anymore. Don't blame. Don't blame. Just, you know what? Work together. Let it go. Let it go. Either realize that, honestly, I, I'm saying this, and I work for Hashem. Until now, what happens in the future? Hashem, a lot of couples. I will tell you that most of the time, really, no one's to blame. I, I'm telling you, most of the time, no, it's no one's fault. It, it really is misunderstandings. It, it really is not understanding. No, you know, I can, okay, I can almost guarantee. Before I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you, with any any fight that, that erupts and a tit for tat and you're fighting and snap, I can almost guarantee you, if you go to the person who's being blamed, right? Like, why didn't you come on time? Listen, or why didn't you? Or how could you say that, right? Or how could you blame me? <laughs> Here's another one. How come you're blaming me? How come you're attacking me? If you go to that person who started the whole thing, I didn't mean to blame. I I didn't mean. If you would have realized that this is going to cause this machlokus, would you have done this? Would you have not left her money? Would you have not come on time? Would you have not learned with the kids? Would you have not blamed her? Or whatever it is, right? Or whatever you're going to say. Everyone, in every case, it always will... Uh, I would have never done this. Thing. I'm, interested in this I'm interested in fighting with my wife. Who's interested in fighting with their wife? I would have never done this. I didn't realize. No, you did realize. No, I, I didn't realize. No, I did realize. And then the tit for tat. Who cares? So why don't you just stop and say, if I would have realized this would cause you such pain, I would have never done it for you. Just say that. Just say that. If I would have realized this would cause such a... I didn't realize. Instead, you're too busy defending yourself. That's what you're busy with. I didn't mean it. I didn't know. There was traffic. I'm too busy. I don't have the money. I'm too busy. If I could have done else, I would have done it. And you know what you should add? Because I do care about you. No, you don't. I do care about you, and I feel horrible. If I would have realized this would cause you so much damage, I would have never done it. That's it. It's over. And if you're on the other end of it and you hear this from your spouse, no, you did know. I'm not really okay. Let's see what happens next time. You promised me a million times over. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say, okay, thank you. Thank you. Not let's see. And hopefully you will see. Not let's see. You will see. And your husband will change. And if he doesn't, you can have a, a, a healthy negotiation conversation with him, the way we speak about it in other shows. But... What's important, what's important to realize is that most times we really don't want to blame. We really don't want to blame. And I want to speak a little bit about implied criticism because this is something, I, if you're married, I'm telling you this goes on in your house. Not every day. 
I'm not saying this goes on every day. I'm not saying this goes on every day. And it's true. I do deal with many severe issues. And, um, and I see severe issues. But you know what? Listen. I know, Baruch Hashem, we have a lot of listeners. And I, I am presuming that most of you who are listening to me, Baruch Hashem, have good marriages. I, I, that's my presumption. And it was so beautiful when I had a couple of months ago, and we did it a couple of years ago, when I asked people to call in, say something beautiful, something nice about your husband, about your wife, and how many beautiful things came in. So I always have to tell myself, you know, because I, I work with difficult couples, I always have to tell myself, you know, okay, these are difficult couples. It's, they're struggling, whatever it is, Nebuch, and we're trying to help them. Hopefully we'll have Siat Shmaya. Tell myself, but you know, Baruch Hashem, most couples out there, you know, have a good marriage. Okay, okay. So why are you listening to me? Why? Because you want to get to the next level, right? You want to get to the higher level. Or there are still some problems that you want to solve. Okay, wonderful. But the point is that in your house, I'm telling you right now, there probably exists something called implied criticism. Not that you mean it or you don't mean it, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's pretty broad, and it's going to sort of sound absolute. I don't really mean this as absolute. I don't mean this as absolute. I don't. I really, really don't. And I know there are exceptions. I'm telling you, patterns that I've picked up, a lot of this does come from, from uh, what's his name, from uh, Men from Mars, Women from Venus, and those types of books, which, you know, I've read a lot, you know, I was trained, I was read, and it's funny, because that book, actually, in the world of therapy, it's like taboo, especially, you know, with many liberals out there, who are like, oh boy, you can't say that, men and women are different, and they have different, different needs and wants, and whatever it is. So a lot of it is very, very, very taboo. But uh, I'm, I'm talking per, based on my experience working with couples. And I, I think you know this is true. Come on. I think you know this is true. But there are exceptions. There are exceptions. But generally, generally, the male mind works in a WYSIWAG type of fashion. What you see is what you get. Very analytical. <clears throat> what you see is what you get. What I'm telling you is what I'm telling you. I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm just asking you a question. Why are you getting so sensitive? This happened in your house. I hear this all the time with couples. But this has happened in your house. Like, why are you getting so sensitive? I'm just asking you a question. I can't ask you a question. Like, you can't even have a conversation. I ask you a question. You get all upset. Like, hello, what's going on? Before I, before I get deeply involved in this, I just want to, want to tell you when this is happening in your house, I'm talking to the men right now especially, <clears throat> if you find that your wives are so sensitive, you can't even ask them normal questions. I want to tell you, chances are their cup is not filled. Chances are their cup is not being filled. Maybe it was filled last week. Maybe you spent quality time with your wife last week. Maybe the week before. Maybe even a couple of days ago. But right now your wife is feeling empty. She feels disconnected. She feels distant. And that's her primary need. In general, there are exceptions. But few, 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 few in between. And they're feeling disconnected, and that's why your wife is being so sensitive. And by the way, with, with certain couples, it does work the other way around. If you have husbands very sensitive, his cup might be not filled, whatever that means, and we're not going to get into it right now. It might be a similar cup. Okay. But gen men generally, generally, it's what you see. Is what I'm just asking you a question. I, I can't ask you a question. And there's a whizzy-wag mentality. What you see is what you get. The ladies, on the other hand, emotionally expressive. The tone and other innuendos, facial expressions are going to weigh in heavy on interpretation of statements. It's, that's just the way it's going to work. 
And if the tone does not match what you're saying, here's what's going to happen. I'll give you, this is a classical example. I've used this a million times over, but I have to say it again. You could, you could plug in whatever content you want, but you get the point. The husband goes over to his wife. In the morning, husband goes over to his wife. And he sees that the dishes were not done. So he just says a very simple statement. I see that you didn't get a chance to do the dishes last night. Huh? Conversation piece. I see you didn't get a chance to do the dishes last night. What he means is what he said. I see you didn't get a chance to do the dishes last night. Generally, this is what he means. And there's, there, there is a string attached. You know, I say many times there aren't. There's a string attached to this that I'm going to talk about in a second. Now, his wife doesn't interpret it that way. She does not interpret that way. What his wife hears is, I'm a little, sh what she's hearing from her husband is that, is as follows, quote, I'm a little shocked to see that you didn't take care of the dishes. And that's how she feels her husband is saying this. Now, okay. What was the man trying to do over here? What, what was his point? He's just having a conversation piece? Well, I'm going to give you a typical man. And here's what the man's thinking. I'm a typical man. I just, noticed the dishes, I just noticed that the dishes are still in the sink. Not that I care much about it, but I'm proud of myself that I noticed it. I just noticed it. I just want to speak to you about it. It's like, no big deal. I'm not trying to like, there's no, nothing here. Nothing here. Now, the woman, on the other hand, this is what she might be hearing. She might be hearing from her husband that her husband's saying, you know what? I'm actually annoyed that you're neglecting your responsibility. I feel you should take accountability for your actions. What do you mean you didn't do the dishes last night? Ladies, I know you're not going to want to hear this. I'm sorry, but general, 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 your husbands are not blaming you. They're not blaming you. They're really not. They're just trying to have a conversation piece. They're really, really not. Sometimes, ladies, you're right. Sometimes there are like strings attached. Meaning, sometimes, if it's an issue that he's been discussing over and over again, it's one of these like, you know, trigger issues that bothers him, and he always discusses the dishes, and always whatever it is. I'm not talking about like it came out of the blue. We're just, you hear this all the time. In that case, I'm telling you, your husband still did not want to hurt your feelings. He did not. He just wanted to mention it, whatever it is. Now, ladies, you might be right that subconsciously, not consciously, but subconsciously, he might be, in a certain sense, thinking, you know what, why didn't you do the dishes? You know, I tell you this a million times. But that's not what he said. He controlled himself. He controlled himself. And instead, he just said, oh, I didn't get a chance to do the dishes and he did not mean in his statement to attack you. You hear me? He did not mean to blame you. Even though you feel that way, and even though it's very possible sometimes the reason you feel that way is because you have a radar and you know that your husband hates this stuff and it happens over and over again, and subconsciously it's bothering him. But he didn't say it. He didn't say it. He could have said it. He could have said to you, you know what, why don't you do the dishes? You know how important it is to me. You had all night last night. You weren't doing anything. Why don't you do the dishes? That's what he could have said to you, but he didn't. He controlled himself. So ladies, if you can, just be mevatar. Because he, he didn't say anything. Let it go. Be mevatar. If you can't be mevatar, if you can't be mevatar, and you're listening to me right now, and you're saying, Rebecca Field, you try this. You should see my husband. He doesn't stop with this stuff. And if you can't be mevatar, so just say to your husband, say to your husband, Say the following words. I, I, you know, maybe you don't mean it, but I'm starting to feel blamed. Are you blaming me? Like, are you blaming me for dishes? And he will reassure. He'll say, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying. So maybe we shouldn't talk about this because, I don't know, this whole topic makes me feel very uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. I know you don't mean it, but I'm starting to feel blamed. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. By the way, you hear the, the way I'm saying it? I, you're not going to say it the way I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm laughing. Because... 
it, 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 it's so easy, but it's so hard. It's so easy, but it's so hard. For you to say to your husband, I know you don't mean it, but I'm starting to feel blamed, it is so difficult because your, your, whole, your whole system, every ounce of you is saying that he's blaming you. Every ounce of you is saying that. And, and in your mind right now, you know, you know that he's blaming you. You know that. That's how you feel. And therefore, you know it, right? And you might be right subconsciously. Subconsciously, you might be right that he is blaming you. I'm telling you, by the way, most of the times he's really not. But subconsciously, you might be right that he's blaming you subconsciously, but he's not saying it. He's not trying to attack you. He's actually controlling himself, which is a good thing. So let it go. Or better yet, if you can't say, I, I, I know, you know, maybe you don't mean it, but I'm trying to feel blamed. Or, or at best, turn around to him saying, Moshe, I don't know, are, are you blaming me for the dishes? Just ask him, are you blaming me for the dishes? Because I'm trying to feel blamed. And he'll tell you, no, no, I'm not. So you say to him, you know, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. And talk about something else. That's it. And he's going to get annoyed. I can't talk to you about anything. So that. Talk about something else. Gentlemen, if you... Men who are listening to me right now, this is very, 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 very important. Don't be a stickler. Don't tell your wife you're so sensitive. I can't talk to you. Everything I say, you get upset. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because that's only going to bring machlokas. Be mavater, move on. Move on. She's sensitive. Fine. You know what? Fine. She's sensitive. She's sensitive. And she happens to have a good, very good reason to be sensitive. You think it's not fair? You know what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu might could take that attitude with us also. And say, it's not fair. It's not fair, right? If Hashem lets it go, let us let it go. This is what marriage is all about. Welcome to the world of marriage. That's why, Baruch Hashem, most of our marriages stick. Not like, unfortunately, secular marriages out there. It's above 50% divorce rate. But we know, we have a out there. It's not fair, but I'll do it anyways. I'll let it go. I'm just going to let it go. So the man who says, <coughs> again, ladies, I'm telling you, I don't even know if this is going to help what I'm saying now. But I'm just telling you because it's a fact. I see this most of the time. Most of the time, your husbands are not blaming you. They're just being a man about it. They're just being a man. They're saying silly stuff. And it might be, come out as implied criticism, but it's not. Your husband says, are you ready for the wedding? Are you ready for the wedding? What he meant was, are you ready for the wedding? What you see is, I'm just asking you, are you ready for the wedding? I just want to know, are you ready? Do I have to rush? Do I not have to rush? That's what he's saying. You might not hear that, ladies. You might hear from him, I can't believe you're not ready for the wedding. Now, you might have a very good reason to, 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 uh, to hear that because generally he does lose a gasket and he does go crazy because he always wants to be there for the schmuck and now he's controlling himself a little bit but you know he's upset at you. But he didn't say anything. He didn't say it. He just asked you, are you ready for the wedding? But he's really upset. I hear by his tone. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You're right. Maybe there's a tone. Maybe there's a tone. But let it go. If you can't let it go, say to him, I, I know you don't mean it, but I don't know. I'm starting to feel blamed. I, I, are you blaming me for something I... Could we not? I'll, I'll do. Gentlemen, don't, don't, don't put her in that situation, gentlemen. Don't put her in that situation. If you know your wife has a sensitivity to that, think about it. If you, I want to tell you, gentlemen, if you think about this like really deeply, you'll see why your wife is so sensitive. You'll see. And the number one reason is because she doesn't feel loved. That's the number one reason. Because you haven't spent time with her, you haven't connected with her, and you become a very big grouch when it comes to food. All right, normal. But that's why she's like that. Don't put her in that situation. So the man's understanding, sometimes, okay, ladies, you're going to laugh right now. You're about to laugh. You ready to laugh? This is what your husband really means when he says, are you ready for the wedding? What he means is, I am starving and I want to make it to the Shemorak. Tell me what I can do and help you to speed up the process. That's what he really means. Okay, I was just joking around. Many of your husbands really do mean this. They really, really do mean this. 
Now, the female understanding of this comment is, I'm really frustrated with you. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to get very, very angry. That's what her husband is saying. Both of you are not right. He's not really saying that. He's not saying that. He doesn't even mean that. He might be a little frustrated subconsciously, but he's not saying that. And on the other hand, gentlemen, many times you're thinking to yourself, you're just asking the simple question, are you ready for the wedding? But if you think to yourself, you are, you're annoyed. You're annoyed. Ladies, your husband's allowed to be annoyed so long as he doesn't attack you or criticize you. If he's annoyed but controlling himself, because you know good and well how nasty he can get. Again, you know, I'm talking to some marriages, hopefully your marriage, your husband never gets nasty with you. But in many marriages, this can happen. So what I'm saying to you, ladies, even though you feel and you know that your husband's really annoyed right now, if he's not saying, if he's not saying, acting, attacking, criticizing, let it go, move on, you go to the wedding, you can say to him, you know what, I see you really rushed, Am I ready for the wedding? I'm not ready for the wedding. I'm not ready for the wedding. Okay. If you want to help me, you can help me. But let's not make this into a big machlokas. I suggest ladies for you to do the following. Just answer his question. If he says to you, are you ready for the wedding? You say, no, I'm not ready. I'm going to need another 10 minutes. You know what's funny? Because if someone was listening right now to this show... Who doesn't, who doesn't know what we're talking about, they don't understand that we're talking about marriage, they think we're talking about any other relationship, they would say, what, what's this man talking about? I'm listening now to, to, to the radio, online, the app, and I hear this guy, he says, he says, answer the question. Are you ready to, for the wedding? Just say, no, I'm not ready. I'm going to need 10 minutes. Isn't that sound, doesn't that sound so simple? Like, what's he talking about? But it's so hard. It's so hard. Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so hard. When your husband comes, he says, are you ready for the wedding? For you to say to him, no, I'm not ready. I'm needing another 10 minutes. It's so hard sometimes because you feel attacked. You feel criticized. You feel whatever it is. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, the best thing is just to answer the question. No, I'm not ready for the wedding. I'm going to need another 10 minutes. Gentlemen, if you're annoyed because she needs another 10 minutes, if you're annoyed because she's been telling you this for the past half an hour, instead of getting upset at her and saying to her, again, another 10 minutes, you know we're always late, don't do that. Instead, turn around to your wife and say to her, how can I help you? How can I help you speed up the process? Do you want me to take care of the kids? Do you want me to leave money for the babysitter? Do you want me to do whatever it is? That's what you should be saying. You should not be attacking your wife at that point. You should not be attacking your wife at that point. And hopefully you won't attack because she just answered your question. If you go to your wife and you say to her, I see you didn't get a chance to do dishes last night, and she says, yeah, I didn't get a chance, which is so hard for her because she feels attacked, she feels criticized, and that's not the way she talks. Generally, she'd be like, why don't you go and do the dishes? But you know what? She plugged into your, she plugged into your world, into your male world, and she just answered the question. If she does this, it's a very high level, if she does this, gentlemen, move on, move on. Because many times you do have those subconscious strings, that's what I'm talking about, strings attached, where you really are annoyed, you don't even know it, but you really are annoyed that dishes weren't done. You really are annoyed that she's not ready for the wedding. You really are annoyed that the house is a mess. You really are annoyed. You're not saying it, but you are annoyed, which is fine. I'm not telling you not to be annoyed. I'm not telling you that. You should work on yourself, but it's not this conversation. It's fine, but don't verbalize that. Don't make a whole issue out of it. Don't look at her after she says, she's doing this for you. She says, yeah, I'm not ready. I need another 10 minutes, please. To look at her and say, and say 10 minutes? Oh, 
10 minutes, oh, give her that like, oh, like, oh boy, another 10 minutes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to do that many times the Kaddish Baruch is going to delay you. Hashem will just delay you even more. You'll come and you're not going to enjoy the food. Because we're not in charge. Just do the right thing. It will all work out. It will all work out. I wanted to get to, 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 to a very pivotal point. There's so much to talk about, and we're running out of time. And that's like this. That's like this. How much time I have over here? Ladies, I, I'm talking to you in particular, but gentlemen, I'm talking to you as well. Many times your husbands are going to come and they're going to ask you these types of questions. Are you ready for the wedding? Uh, <coughs> can I bring... Is it okay if I bring a guest for Shabbos? Like they ask you like a half an hour before Shabbos. Is it okay if I bring a guest for Shabbos? Are you ready for Shabbos? Were you able to make the, the meat and potatoes that I asked you for this Shabbos? They're just asking you questions. Now, you're going to feel attacked by these questions. You're going to feel that they're really attacking you. You're going to feel like they're blaming you. They're not really saying, they're not saying to you, are you ready for Shabbos? They're really saying to you, I can't believe you're not ready for Shabbos. Or they're coming home from, the, from, from shul and they're not telling you is the meal ready. They're really blaming you like, I can't believe the meal's not ready. I'm going to ask you one thing, ladies, and I'm talking to the men also, but generally ladies. Don't defend yourself. I, I know this is so hard what I'm asking you right now to do, but don't defend. Don't say, the meal's not ready. I didn't have a chance. I, 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 was, I, was, I was davening. You know, I, I was taking care of the baby. Of course the meal's not ready. They weren't blaming you, but they were. They weren't. Even though they might feel it subconsciously, but they weren't. They controlled themselves because their husband could have came in and he said to you, the meal's not ready? Oh, great. Like that sarcasm, oh, great. That's blaming. That's blaming. Or to come to say to your wife, I can't believe the meal's not ready. Or to come and to, uh, and to say, okay, I guess we're going to have to wait another half an hour until the meal starts. That's blaming. That, that's 100% blaming. But for your husband who comes in and just asking you, is the meal ready yet? Don't defend yourself. And I'll tell you what. Say, of course the meal's not ready. If you had a chance, you know, you know what I was doing this morning? And you start defending yourself? Let me tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is your husband's going to get really annoyed. Because by defending yourself, what you're really doing is you're taking your husband's statement, which is just a simple question. Is the meal ready? Or are you ready for the wedding? Or can I bring someone for Shabbos? Or whatever simple question that he's asking. And if you're going to get defensive, in essence, you're attacking him. What do you mean? He's attacking me? He wasn't attacking you. He just asked you a question. And now you're getting defensive. You say, oh. Now you're going to tell me now? There's no way I would love to bring the guy to Shabbos. You know, I'm so late. When you're becoming defensive which I understand why you're doing this, ladies. I totally understand. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. But when you're doing this, you're attacking him because what you're really saying to him is, why are you blaming me? I'm being defensive because you're blaming me. You ask me, am I ready for the wedding? How am I supposed to be ready for the wedding? You know I have to take care of the baby? You know I have to prepare for the babysitter? You know how many phone calls I have to make for the babysitter? And you get all defensive and you say that to your husband. In essence, what you're really saying to your husband is, why are you blaming me? And you're attacking him now. And now he's going to say, why are you getting so sensitive? And it becomes a whole machlaikis. He just asked you a question. He's WYSIWAG. He's a man. What you see is what you get. He's just asking you, are you ready for the wedding? Oh, but Rabbi Greenfield, you don't know my husband. He always does this. He gets upset. He's really upset. But he didn't get upset. He didn't scream at you. He didn't blame you. He didn't attack you. He just asked you a question. So you know what? Bite your tongue and say to your husband, no, I'm not ready. I'm going to need another 10 minutes. That's it. 
I, or when he asks you a half an hour before Shabbos if you could bring a guest, say, I would love to, but I, I'm, this Shabbos is not going to work out. That's it. Not getting all defensive. Because when you get defensive and you're going to say, now I, I would love to do it, but, but you know, right now it's, it's half an hour before Shabbos. And half an hour before Shabbos, you know how busy I was, and now I'm not prepared. There's no reason to get defensive. Because what you're really doing by getting defensive is you're telling your husband, why are you blaming me? These things are like ricochet. They go back and forth. Right? You feel blamed, and now you're telling him, why are you blaming me? But Rabbi Greenfield, whoa, whoa, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just getting defensive. Why can't I get defensive with my husband? Because in essence, you're attacking him. You are blaming him. Sometimes, ladies, before you get upset at me, sometimes, ladies, your husband might really be blaming you with the question. He might put in tone. He might say, you know, oh, are you ready for the wedding? Like, with a tone. Turn around to your husband and say, Moshe, Chaim, I don't know, I'm feeling blamed. Are you blaming me? Ask him, are you blaming me? And he'll reassure you that he's not. And even if you know in the back of your mind that he's upset at you, you know what I'm talking about. He's saying, no, I'm not blaming you. But you know in the back of your mind that he's annoyed. Let it be. Let it be. Move on. Be mevater. Be mevater. Don't bring him a chlokes in the house. He controlled himself. Give him that covet, the fact that he controlled himself and he said the right thing. Even though he's annoyed. But he shouldn't be annoyed. You know what? He's not holding there yet. He's not holding there yet. That's a normal human being. Now, I know I'm saying this like with a man and a woman. It works the other way around. It works the other way around. Gentlemen, don't get defensive either with your wife. Don't get defensive. Because when you're going to get defensive and she's going to ask you, you know, she's going to ask you, is it, are you going to come home on time tonight? Are you going to come home on time? And you say, you know, I can't come home on time. You know, I have a meeting and you get all defensive. What you're saying to your wife is, you are blaming me. Stop blaming me. Don't get defensive. Just say to her, I would love to come on time. I'd love to do it. But don't get defensive because offensive, the defensiveness in itself has an implied criticism attached to it. You hear me? Defensiveness has an implied criticism attached to it. Defensiveness is basically saying to your wife, now in this case I'm saying to your wife, when you say, there's no way I could come on time, you know what's going on today, what you're really saying to your wife is, why are you blaming me? Don't get defensive. Just say, I would love to come. I would love to do this for you. I want to make you happy. I really want to make you happy, but tonight it's not going to work. Thank you for listening to Rabbi Rabbi. It's Greenfield, MS. MFT, you can text me your comments, questions, feedback, 917-397-2841. Have an amazing, amazing, inspiring, non-blaming week. <laughs>